Hello, hello. Welcome to Twin Flame Transformation. My name is Michelle and I will be your host and guide. On today's episode, I want to dive into the big topic of emotions. And I want to talk about why the Twin Flame journey brings these out in us like no other relationship. And also how these emotions can help guide us and offer us healing on our ascension journey. So emotions, as you know, run through a large spectrum of vibrations. And one of my favorite authors, David R. Hawkins, in his book, Letting Go, he shares his map of consciousness that he developed. So in this map, he lists 17 emotions and then gives them a corresponding vibration and draws them on a scale with enlightenment and pure consciousness being at the top of the scale. And these emotions hold an energetic frequency of 700 to 1,000. And shame and humiliation are at the bottom of the scale of the map of consciousness, and they hold an energetic frequency of 20. What a big difference, right? Now, I remember reading the book when I was at the beginning of my Twin Flame journey, and I was dealing with a lot of lower scale vibrations and feeling badly that I was so low when I wanted to be at the top. And I felt shame that I felt shame, right? And I've since learned that one of the biggest hurdles I've personally had to overcome on my healing journey was learning to love these lower vibrational emotions. Emotions such as fear, jealousy, anger, guilt, grief, and shame. When I say love them, I mean accept them because they are a part of us. Right, and I'll go into this further because sometimes this can be confusing. So before we go into these emotions further though, I am gonna share two corresponding personal stories that I feel relate to this. And so as I share these, just only take what resonates and what is relevant for you. So when I was about eight years old, I went to confession at my local Catholic church. And this particular Sunday, I was super excited to go to confession. Because during the week, I had worked really hard at being an extra good girl, right? Quote, unquote, good girl. I was extra polite, extra loving. And I also really loved church. I loved the rituals, the prayers. I loved the incense and the singing. And I loved God and Jesus and Mary and the angels. And I loved the stories, you know, especially as an eight-year-old. And I loved having a sacred place to visit. Now, I didn't necessarily like um, confession, though. I didn't like being called a sinner. I mean, who does, right? So I was determined not to be a sinner. And like I said, I worked really hard at being an extra good girl that week. Now, I first learned how to be a good girl when I was about two, almost three years old. And this was when my mom was leaving my dad. And we packed up our lives and flew halfway across the world. So we left with all of our belongings and I never got to say goodbye to my dad or our dog. And I wasn't allowed to ask questions. And I was told that I needed to be a good girl on the 20-hour flight and to look after my baby sister and to not cry. And this was told to me in a very threatening and desperate way. And I mean, my adult self can understand all this, right? I, I've made peace with all this. But as a, as a younger self, that was terrifying, and I was also so afraid of what my mom would do to me if I wasn't a good girl, right? My two-year-old self just wondered, what did my dad do that made her leave him without saying goodbye? Would she leave me too? Now, I don't remember much of my childhood, but I remember that flight, 
And on that flight, my very life depended upon being a good girl. And so any feelings of shock, grief, anger, confusion, horror, or sadness I may have felt about leaving my home, my dad and my dog got silenced, right? I had to bury them deeply. And even on the plane, I was rewarded by the stewardesses. Yeah, what a good little girl she is. She hasn't even cried once. I totally remember that. And so from then on, being a good girl was tied to not only getting my mom's love and approval, but also to my survival. And I learned at a young age how to bury my feelings, bury my truth, and in turn, receive love from my only parent. And so in my young life, both my mom and the church wanted me to be a good girl. So off to confession, my eight-year-old self went, and I was excited to share my week with the priest. So I started to say the standard, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, which you say at the beginning of a confession. But I stopped and said, well, I actually didn't sin. And I worked really hard and didn't sin this week. And I was waiting for his like praise and love and, you know, God to reward me. And instead, he immediately told me that I was lying. And I, and I earnestly told him, you know, no, I really worked hard. And he said back to me, well, what about your thoughts? Did you think mean thoughts about your mom or your sister? Did you think anything bad about them? What about your feelings? Did you have any anger or jealousy or hatred? And I said, oh, no, I was a good girl. And I meant it. And it was shocking because he didn't applaud my good behavior. Instead, he highlighted the absence of my negative thoughts and feelings and told me I was lying. And he said I should be punished for lying and to do 10 Hail Marys and one Our Father. And so, as you can imagine, I left that confessional confused and filled with shame. I was taught my whole life to be a good girl, right? I was rewarded with acceptance and love and praise when I didn't feel all those sinful feelings and thoughts and emotions. However, what the Catholic Church and my mom got wrong is that all of these wide range of emotions and feelings are part of being human. We are not sinners or bad people if we feel these lower emotions such as anger, hatred, sadness, envy. Now, if we allow them to control us and we hurt others, that's different. But feeling them, just feeling them as part of being human, it's when we repress them and deny them that shoves them down into our unconscious. And then that's when we act in ways that could be labeled as sinful. But feeling them is not sinful. And nor are you a bad person for feeling them. And it has taken me a really long time, years in therapy, years working with healers, years of study and reading books, and years of crying to figure this all out. And on one hand, the priest was right, right? Since we all carry these lower emotions, where were those lower emotions in my younger self, right? He called me a liar. <laughs> I wasn't actually a liar. I guess the truth would have looked like, you know, forgive me, Father, for I have denied my lower vibrational emotions, right? That was the truth. But if we as humans can't accept that we carry all kinds of emotions within us, how can we accept all of ourselves, all parts of ourselves? If we only accept the high vibe emotions and only love ourselves when we're happy or doing good, then the love we have for ourselves is conditional, if we only love parts of ourselves, how can we fully, lo fully love all of ourselves? Now, I'm not saying these lower vibrational emotions should be rewarded or we should dwell on them, but I'm saying they aren't to be ignored. 
When feelings like anger and sadness and grief are ignored, they turn into the emotions and actions that are labeled as sins, greed, envy, hatred, jealousy, etc. Right? Show me a human being who has never felt anger, who has never felt sadness, or who has never felt grief. Right? These lower emotions and these lower vibrations are calling out to be seen, to be felt, to be understood, and to be held with loving kindness so they can show us what they need. When they are labeled as a sin, then they are shoved down, ignored, repressed, or denied. And with that, we also bury a part of ourselves, or we condemn a part of ourselves to hell. When we aren't allowed as children to be scared, angry, or sad, we aren't taught or shown how to hold these emotions safely when we become adults, right? Being scared as a child turns into fear in an adult. Denying sadness, anger, or grief as a child turns into envy, manipulation, and control behaviors as an adult. And so our twin flame actually gives us the biggest gift, especially around emotions, right? They don't allow any untruths to be played out. They will disappear from our lives until we address them. They won't play these games with us. They love all of us, all parts of us. And if we can't access all parts of us and love and know all the parts of us, how can they? Our twin flame wakes us up to this right? This deep love is awakened in us from them. And then we think and believe that they're the answer. But they are so beautifully and impeccably designed to not be perfect or be fully available to us until we are able to be fully available to ourselves. And being fully available to ourselves means we have to access all of our emotions. We have to be able to go down to our depths and see what has been repressed, see what we've ignored, what we've turned a blind eye to, what we may have rejected, and then mindfully, compassionately, and lovingly give those feelings and emotions and thoughts a safe space to exist without judgment, without shame, without blame, a safe space of acceptance that these feelings are part of being human. Alice Miller, who wrote the wonderful book called The Drama of the Gifted Child, says in the book, we can be both sad and happy and love ourselves equally for feeling both of those emotions. So I know for me, I, I can still get frustrated when I have lower vibe emotions. Right? I want to be in high vibe. I can even get angry at myself when I'm tired. <laughs> right? I want to be in high vibe. I want to ascend. But if I don't feel these lower vibrational emotions, then I'm just recreating the trauma of my childhood, which was to deny these feelings. Now, I know I've said this, and I know other Twin Flame guides say this, that real Twin Flame union, right, lasting, harmonious, divine Twin flame union can't occur until you're in a state of high vibrational energy consistently. And that's true because that is our natural state. But what's also true is we can't spiritually bypass the other emotions to get there. Right? These lower vibrational emotions exist until we take care of them. They don't just disappear. They live in our bodies. They come out in our dreams. They come out through creativity. 
They come out and unconsciously create choices we make in our lives, right? These quote-unquote lower vibrations need to be felt and acknowledged the way they couldn't be fully felt in our past, right? And this is true whether you had the experience I did or even if you had loving parents, society doesn't always offer us to feel our real truth. We're so taught in school and with society and with our cultures, certain rules and how to be what's acceptable and what behavior is acceptable, right? There are so many rules out there that go against so many of our truths and so many of our um, access to what really is important to us and how we really want to show up in the world. And so this twin flame journey asks us to get authentic and to get real with who we are and what we are all really seeking is freedom, freedom from the bondage of these untruths and lower emotions, because these emotions are just energy that need to be moved. And instead we repress them and create stories about them and they grow and then we act them out with other people and they continue and then other people's stuff gets put on us and it gets blown up. And all this emotion, lower vibrational emotion that's denied is being acted out in the world in very heightened ways. And it doesn't have to be that way. Once we start clearing them with ourselves, then when we interact with other people, we don't recreate this stuff. It stops with us, right? And then other people are forced to deal with their own stuff because we're not playing the game anymore. And that's what our twin flame does for us. I know the separation from my twin flame allowed me to tap into these buried emotions I couldn't access in any other way or from any other person, right? And one by one, they come out, right? These triggers kept coming and up and up the emotions came. I can tell you I've been crying for years, right? And all the tears that weren't allowed to come out when I was busy being a good girl have been coming out. Deep anguish and grief and sadness, anger, confusion, right? And shining the light on them allows them to be seen, felt, and let go and disappear. And when I do this, I do it for myself, for my twin flame, for my ancestors. And it's taken me a while to learn how to hold beautiful and compassionate space for them. These, these emotions are powerful and they're in the collective unconscious, right? We all share these same emotions and so they get heightened with all of us. And so if we can start to heal them, that energy in the collective unconscious will go down. It has to. And that's how we heal this earth one by one. And once we have cleared our unconscious and our family's unconscious these deep hidden feelings generations of feelings and traumas that have been handed handed down right then when regular normal human emotions come up on that scale on that map of consciousness and even the lower ones right like sadness or irritation or anger or grief we can hold them with love and they can be felt in the moment or in close proximity to when they appeared then they don't get denied or ignored or exacerbated and blown up or grow. The great spiritual ascended masters aren't devoid of these lower vibrational emotions. They're just able to hold them and feel them and then let them go. Because they've done their healing, any lower emotions don't trigger old buried emotions. So instead, these emotions are able to be felt in real time 
acknowledged, and then let go. Our twin flame journey asks this of us, right? It doesn't let us spiritually bypass our emotions. Because being spiritual doesn't mean devoid of sadness. It also doesn't mean being devoid of joy and laughter and excitement. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to hold all the joy you can inside of you. In fact, it's this love and excitement and joy that allows and provides the lower frequency emotions a safe place to exist. And in this safe space, the lower vibrational emotions can be fully felt and acknowledged and then let go. In that space of authentically feeling our emotions, we find our truth and our way back to who we are, which is beings of light and unconditional love. And this is the gift our twin flame gives to us. It doesn't always look like this when you're going through it, I know. But remember, we already are spiritual beings. It's just that we can't really see the light until we know the darkness. Now, my story may seem extreme to some of you, and to others, it may seem mild, right? But no matter where your experiences have taken you, what we all have in common is that we are all humans and we all share these same emotions. They just show up differently in each of us. This twin flame journey is sacred. And this emotional space that we share as twin flames is so sacred. And although our twin flame journeys may look differently, we all experience, like I said, these same emotions. And I've experienced and witnessed the immense relief and joy and space in the heart that is created when those lower vibrational emotions can safely be felt and released. And I'm not saying this is easy, but I guarantee with every ounce and cell in my body that it is worth it, right? You can't reach enlightenment without being embodied, being embodied in your body, mind, and spirit. Because without our bodies and our minds, we already are enlightened. So I invite you to let your body be your sacred temple, your sacred space, where all of your emotions can be held with love, compassion, and grace. Safely provide boundaries away from those who aren't ready or experienced enough or able to understand or hold space for them. This is a big, big journey and emotions are a big part of it. So I hope this has helped in some way. This is such a deep topic and could probably fill another episode. But I thank you for being on this journey. I thank you for listening. And for those of you that signed up for listener support, I'm truly, truly grateful. Thank you so much. If you feel inclined to add support, you can find the link in the podcast notes. And with that, I'll sign off and send you all so much love for all of your emotions, all of them, no matter the frequency. They are all welcome here. Namaste. Namaste.